Second half of chapter three. My favorite was an auditory as well as visual hallucination of characters that looked and sounded like the minions from the movie Despicable Me. They rhymed really fast about reincarnation and God and about how awesome I was. And these lovable yellow figures were with me often. The speed and accuracy with which they rhymed didn't seem humanly possible. So this was something that reinforced to me all of this supernatural stuff was really happening. The night of my psychotic break, I actually started rhyming out loud, and my ex-husband told me later he couldn't believe the speed and perfection of my rhyming. He said I rivaled the rapper Eminem. One hallucination slash voice episode that particularly upset me was this group of three men who criticized my every movement. While I tried to fight back their accusations and stand up to them, I was sure these men would stop if I just said the right thing, but I couldn't figure out what the right thing to say was. This group of dudes even criticized me over the way I opened the fridge, and this hallucination and my reaction to them held many of the deeper issues I struggled with. A feeling of being somehow defective and under a microscope was something I had felt for a lot of my life. And this was just a blown up nightmare version of that. <clears throat> Another thing I struggled with in my life was being so overwhelmed that I didn't know how to express any of what I was feeling inside. My lack of knowing what to say to them was reminiscent of this real life struggle. I became super self-conscious over their ridiculous criticisms and I quickly began to pressure myself to come up with the right words. When I couldn't find the right words, I started beating myself up. Then the whole what is wrong with me question I had gotten so hung up on for most of my life manifested. This was the same cycle I had been stuck in most of my life. The episode was just my own best pers personal nightmare, tailor-made for me, and it was everything I struggled with magnified. In the next one, I tried to save a lover from her crazy mom, and this was really trippy. My lover, her mother, and me were all shrunken down to tiny versions of ourselves. We were then inserted into what looked like a bigger version of my lover's head, and when we were there, it looked like the inside of a house with different rooms. I had two different views. The first was I could see things from above, as if I was a normal-sized human, looking down on 3D floor, ho floor house plans. Then the next perspective was seeing everything as if I were in that tiny shrunken, shrunken house and was a shrunken person that had been inserted into the house that was my lover's head. Let's call this place the house that was my lover's head. When we were in there, all tiny versions of ourselves my lover's tiny mother would pick fights with us. She carried around a tiny broom with her, and as she lectured us, she would wave the broom around. After huffing and puffing, trying to work us up, she would usually run off and hide. Then she would resurface in different rooms. We weren't physically fighting with her, but the kind of fighting that involves mental games, manipulation, 
and standing up to her mother. Every time we stood up to her and won the confrontation, her mother would run off and find a new hiding place in the house that was my lover's head. After a while, my lover and I began to proactively search for where she was hiding so we could confront her again. We went through this so many times, and after some time, we had completely fought back her mother and she left. We both had fought that lady off with every little detail to save my lover's beautiful soul. We did it so we could peacefully be together, and we loved each other desperately. One night, as things were becoming more and more severe, black ghost-like evil figures began to loom outside my windows, and they were trying to seep in. That feeling you get when you're about to drop on a roller coaster overtook my whole body, and I could feel this horrible pit in the, deep in my stomach. I could not get rid of this horrible and strong feeling, no matter what I did. I walked around to all the different windows of my home, and I tried to intimidate these dark forces from coming in, and I sternly told them they weren't welcome. I thought if I was strong enough, this would keep them out, but the black figures kept trying to get in, and this was the beginning of the more terrifying things to come. The stories that would play out and build up to the war that was going to happen inside my head in the day leading up to my psychotic break would be horrible. I don't remember most of them. I just know they were horrible. I remember being alone at my house, lying on the bathroom floor and screaming in pain when I could no longer take the noise and visions in my head. The scream was shrill and it echoed. I was sure the neighbors had to have heard, or perhaps the scream was only in my head. I was being invaded and it was happening in my own brain. There was nothing I had ever been through that was this confusing and torturous. Another experience that happened shortly before the night of my psychotic break stands out, and this one felt a bit less nightmarish. Actually, this vision at the time felt completely meaningful and spiritual, and for a while, what I experienced in this vision got me closer to having hope that there is something more in this life and that we matter. I hung on to this one, and I wanted it to mean something because of how much trouble I have always had with hope. As I lay in my bed wrapped up in the different visions, I could feel there was some sort of battle approaching. My whole consciousness then began to float upwards, higher and higher, and when I reoriented myself, I was no longer a person but a light. <clears throat> I felt startled, and I was sure I had somehow died. There were many other pillars of light that I could see all around, and I felt uniquely connected to each of them. I could also tell there were some lights that were not shining but I somehow knew they were still lights, kind of like with a light bulb that's not on. In this place, I had automatic knowledge about so many things. I knew that some of the lights I was connected to were old souls who no longer had bodies. Also, I knew that most of the lights that were not lit up were the souls still down on earth. I knew I was somehow uniquely connected to each of these lights, 
and that they were the essence of what is left when our bodies die on this planet. There were lights still tethered to their bodies on earth who were not consciously aware that part of them was with us up here. I could feel the old lights who resided fully in this realm were in shock that I had actually made it there. They explained their shock and surprise to me, but our communication wasn't through speech or words. All communication that happened in this place was through either automatic knowledge or with a sense we currently don't have on this earth. This was a sense that was hard to put into words, although in a way it felt like musical notes and we each had our own pitch. The personal pitch we each held contained eons of unique information from all angles, and we had the ability to combine our eons of personal knowledge for the greater good, which when we did this would make music. There was so much contained in just one light's personal and unique pitch that when we combined all of our pitches, the amount we knew in that realm was so massive It's indescribable and not something a human still on earth could understand. The old lights explained through this other sense that because I had made it there, the strand of lights we all existed on could untangle. To untangle meant a lot of good for all of us and that soon the lights that weren't shining would be able to light up. The old lights treated me as if I was some important link that they had needed but weren't expecting for a very long time. After this knowledge was shared with me, I began to spin upwards again, and as I looked all around, the other lights, both the lit and the non-lit, began to move in space too. As I spun around, I could feel and see the whole strand of lights sort of untangling as we all moved in space until we were reoriented to our new places. When all of us were done moving, we were formed into a perfect circle, completely untangled, and all of us were shining upwards. The place I was now felt more solid, and the lights that hadn't been lit were now shining brightly. The old wise lights rejoiced, but quickly began to share knowledge of a battle to come, a battle they had already resigned to losing. But they shared that me arriving at the last minute had changed everything, and now we could fight. I knew I wasn't more important than the other lights, only that I had been a kink in the chain, one that with all the info they possessed, They hadn't been expecting to resolve until I permanently left the earthly realm. In other words, until my body died. So I must not have been physically dead yet, like I had thought. The shock that I had made it to this light place while still alive on earth didn't seem to wear off the old wise lights. And I was glad to find out that I was still alive. They tried to share with me the eons of information they all contained and that they should have been able to see any possibility of me coming. We stood in this circle, each now solidly in our own new place, united and connected, every light in this strand lit and shining upwards, 
and the older souls who resided only in that realm rejoiced again. I felt as if I still didn't understand the importance of what had just happened, but that the older lights did. We were the ones to protect the earth, and we were finally able to because I had made it. Others connected to me had lit up now, and we could fight together. As I tried to take in all the info I could, I then began to spin again, only this time I was being pulled downwards, as gravity slowly attached and dragged my soul back down, heavier and heavier as I made my way back to my body. This is the main thing that stands out in my mind before I enter the night of my psychotic break. Any chance of life, as I knew it, was ending, and I would go back to finish off the semester, a much different person than the one who started it. When I think of writing about my psychotic break, or in other words, that night, it feels right to write about it from the perspective of actually being back there moment to moment. Perhaps this is because there are times part of me still feels like I am back there. There will also be a part towards the end of the next chapter where I will switch perspectives briefly. This will be at the tail end of the episode, the part that my kids got caught up in while my ex was with us. There were some traumatizing things that happened, and I don't feel right sharing the specifics before my kids have had a chance to decide whether they want to share it or not. The bottom line is we all made it out with some trauma, but fortunately all of us made it out a lot physically okay. My words during that part of the next chapter may not flow the same as the rest of the chapter. There will be a sentence where I will say, some trauma happened with the kids that brought the cops to us. This is not written from the same perspective as the rest of the chapter, and more in the language of the first three chapters. I hope to keep our experiences in those moments mostly private. I hope you can understand the need for me to briefly change the way I wrote that part and the increased need for privacy. Thank you. Now come trip out with me. And before we are off, I feel the need to give a trigger warning to anyone who has been through psychosis or anyone who may not be in the best state of mind. Proceed cautiously through the next chapter. In all honesty, the details of the psychosis don't need to be known to follow the rest of my story. So if you're not in a mindset where you are comfortable being part of a vivid nightmare, skip over it and meet me on the other side.